this is Chingai and Patty, and you're listening to But Make It Hallmark. Hi guys! And it's our second episode. Yeah, we, we started off the podcast talking about food movies at the Hallmark Channel. And we decided to go for a different, well obviously a different theme for this episode. Inspired by the fact that we're all on lockdown at the moment and unable to move. We decided to do a travel theme for our podcast because, well, because we can't leave home, so we need to virtually travel through these Hallmark movies. And I read somewhere that every Hallmark movie takes like $2 million to be made. Oh. And yeah, that, that's like your typical Hallmark movie, the kinds like where they say it's in Vermont, but they're actually shooting like in Vancouver or something. <laughs> but yeah, I feel sometimes they do spring for like a bigger budget and they actually travel. So they don't like pretend that, you know, some countryside is actually Toronto. France or whatever. <laughs> they actually they actually go to the place. So we're we're gonna do that now and yeah, we're as as Hallmark does spring for big budgets, we're springing for their big budget travel movies this episode. We're gonna tackle five of them and yeah, hoping that this inspires you to travel virtually as well. Care of Hallmark. Yeah. And then yeah, I just wanted to point out that I think it's interesting when Hallmark does food movies like we reviewed last time, but when they mix travel and food kind of extra because <laughs> you don't just want to go to the place you actually want to eat the food in the place and you'll see that that comes up quite a bit in this in this episode speaking of travel Chengai, we all feel really cooped up indoors these days and rightfully so obviously we want to be responsible citizens did you have any travel plans that were canceled or that uh covid19 got in the way of so i'm supposed to be in new york now oh no i'm supposed to go to japan so later this year, how about you? Yeah, no, I was also supposed to be in Norway and like Berlin earlier in end of April and then to May. I was supposed to watch Harry Styles. That that got canceled. And then I was supposed to go to the US in August. So well, I guess we're all homebound, but we have some uh, homework to keep us company. So I guess kicking things off with our first exotic destination, we have Pearl in Paradise, which is actually one of the older movies. Uh, it stars Christopher Palaha, who I love and adore, and Jill Wagner. So the plot of the movie is Alex, a magazine photographer and author, Colin Page, who is um, Chris Palaha, traveled to Fiji in search of the mysterious blue pearl that Colin had written about in his book and end up finding more than that. I think with my photos and your writing, this article is going to be really good. Journey into the island tropics with a photographer and a writer in quest of a rare pearl. Look at it. I mean, who knows what's out there, right? Hard to be. So, Chingai, uh, I was actually excited to watch Pearl in Paradise because I, as we know, I adore Chris Palaha. Just to recap, we, we do cover the movies on like a five-point scale of our meet-cute, the conflict, the almost kiss, their chemistry, and just like the movie overall with some bonus criteria when necessary. And I guess to just start it off for the meet-cute, 
I personally was just it with this one. So, I mean, you know that she is a travel writer and he was the author and they ended up having this mistaken identity kind of thing in the airport. Well, she, they both were trying to grab the same bag, which they did quite well. Like, they're both capable actors. Only, of course, to reveal later on in the movie when they end up at the hotel bar that they were actually the people they were supposed to meet so i was a bit like all right that was an okay reveal like i've seen it done better and and i was kind of i had high hopes because again chris palaha how about you what are your thoughts on it i'd seen this movie before and i don't remember much about it except that like it was ridiculous <laughs> to me so the baggage claim the mistaken identity uh, mistaken luggage thing was okay same as you i feel like other movies did it better but then we are rating on a scale of hallmark <laughs> so i i can't compare it to that mila kunis justin timberlake movie friends with benefits yeah yeah, that one did it better, but then that's not a whole movie. It's not. <laughs> I mean, they are cute, so it's not like... I mean, again, I, I view this with a lens of liking Chris Palaha, so I was I was rooting for him, but I guess I, I was hoping for more. So I guess going moving on to the conflict of this movie. So the plot is that he... Christopher Palaha's character is a writer of a book, and apparently he writes from the comforts of his home, so he's not really an adventurer. He... They didn't, spoiler, they find the pearl that they're supposed to be looking for. But apparently the secret of the pearl is that you, you know, people having faith in it and believing in it without seeing it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if this is like a metaphor for like religion. Now that I think of it, it is Hallmark. (laughs) They tend to do that. I guess I just found it like to write or not to write about the pearl. I was like, all right, I'm not really in this what why there could have been so much more it was just it yeah. sounds like a it sounds like a choose your own adventure <laughs> movie that uh, a book yeah the legend of the blue polynesian pearl yeah so you, you just can't take it serious you can't take it serious I, I, you can't I, I i was trying and i was just like okay I, you do suspend this belief to a certain degree for hallmark movies but this one i was just like oh man i just felt so we're wasting potential here and i think this is the movie that launched mystery 101 on hallmark movies and mysteries pairing chris and jill because apparently they had such great chemistry but yeah, I, I, the conflict was just meh for me. So again, mid, mid-range. Mid-range for you? Or lower? <laughs> just bad. A little lower. A little lower, a little lower, right? Okay. And then we move on, though, to, I guess, something that sort of kind of redeemed this movie for me. They had a lot of almost kisses. So when it comes to the almost kisses, like, they did not hold back. I, I literally write here TMTM, which is too many to mention if you uh, slam book lingo this. Uh, I guess my favorite of the too many to mention almost kisses would be the ones when they were looking up at the constellations you're like all right they kind of they brought the cheese there and i'm digging it not necessarily like i died and went to heaven but given how meh i felt about this movie i was like okay they're trying they're trying he does it well yeah i say the the almost kiss scenes i completely forgot about jill wagner <laughs> and i just focused on christopher falaha he does look very smith like he knows how to do puppy eyes yeah. really well and i think this is the saving grace of this movie exactly which which really leads me to their chemistry because jill wagner is not a bad actress like i've seen her in other films with like victor webster and and stuff and like she can bring it she's not annoying which is good like, that's like baseline right but I felt like Chris Palaha really brought it for me. Again, 
biased because he's one of my top favorites. And I really think this was mis- because it was before Mystery 101, they haven't really worked on that chemistry together, which they do better in in that show because for a mystery show, I love it. I do like seeing how Chris Palaha is playing this straight-laced dude because he's usually like a shoot-from-the-hip kind of guy. And here he was super buttoned up and just like super uncomfortable in The Great Outdoor. So it was so nice seeing him play out of type. He's still cocky, which he does well. Yeah, the smitten with Jill Wagner bit, like he he sold it for me. Like you could tell like he was into it. It looks like they have fun together. So, you know, that comes across like really well. Um, I appreciate the there's like slight mockery between the two of them, and yeah, you're right. It comes from her rather than him. Where like majority of Christopher Palas movies, he's the one doing the mocking and all yeah. of that. She kind of gave me slight mom vibes. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong <laughs> with moms. Wrong. Nothing but wrong. I didn't expect it. Like I didn't. It wasn't part of this whole movie, so it just felt like she was like slightly older than him yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that but it's just like out of out of character for a Hallmark movie I suppose yeah and I guess like those are our like four main like criteria but I wanted to include something before we give our rating for the movie because obviously it's a travel movie and the use of the setting or the use of the city or the you know the the actual place I honestly give this such a low rating there because you guys are in Fiji I did not feel like we were in Fiji. Yes, there was a lot of, like, rainforest action, but it didn't feel to me like they were there. It felt like they could have been... They could have been any, any random. could have been any rainforest. Exactly. Yeah. And I know Fiji is not just known for its forest. Like, obviously, it's like a beach place, and they do show some of the hotel, but so little of it. So little of the shore. Like, in the ending, they show them traipsing in the beach. And I was shocked that Chris, Chris Palaha was not wearing a top. And I was like, what? Too much skin. I was disappointed, to be honest, with how little of Fiji. Or at least, you know, selling the location. I wanted to feel like I was there and I didn't feel it. And that's what really brought this down for me. It's not the typical travel movie where they, in your face, show you where they are. To be fair, this this movie is pretty old, oh. so I I feel like it it it's a little dated compared to the 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 ones that they they keep on rotation mm. right now. You see it in the because she works for National Discoveries <laughs> magazine, which is a ripoff of National Geographic. You see it in the cover; it's, so it's just bad. awful. It's so bad. The styling is awful, and maybe I'm just like throwing this out. They're <laughs> spitballing here. Maybe they they couldn't like score a deal with the resort they were in and they couldn't sell it to them and that's why they you know the their the locations were so restricted hallmark wasn't hallmark yet back then but just i just felt like it was a waste like they could have said something more less exotic and delivered rather than going like oh this is fiji and i'm be like is it fiji because it didn't necessarily make me want to go to fiji and i definitely want to go to fiji so yeah that's all overall for me I rated this like literally just average because nah, it wasn't for me. Same. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Same. Chris. I love you, but I wish it were more. Anyway. Not very paradise like. <laughs> not, not quite the pearl it could have been. We move on to the next movie, which is Love, Romance, and Chocolate, starring Lacey Chabert and Will Kemp. Love, Romance, and Chocolate is about. 
New York accountant Emma Colvin, played by Lacey Chabert. So she's heartbroken when her boyfriend leaves her before their planned romantic getaway to Belgium for Valentine's Day. So a friend of hers convinces her to go alone on the trip anyway, and she has the adventure of a lifetime when her Belgian innkeeper introduces her to renowned chocolatier Luke Simon, Simon Will Kemp, played by Will Kemp. So Luke and his fellow chocolatiers are in the midst of a competition to create the most romantic chocolate in Belgium for the upcoming Belgian royal wedding. And then he discovers her kitchen skills, and soon she's immersed in the competition and a budding Lacey romance. Lacey Chabert and Will Kemp make a sweet deal in Belgium. I think I have an idea on how we can find true love. This is the best thing I've ever tasted. You ready? Ready to go. I like little works of art. Love romance. Here, um, Hallmark's predilection for royal. <laughs> they love a royal couple, but I'm glad that the movie wasn't about like a Thank prince or a princess so they were just like extras because honestly <laughs> like all the i mean we should do an episode on all the royal stuff they're bad but they're so bad it's good i guess i don't know anyway <laughs> so here we go we start out with a meet cute so so emma is in belgium and she's being all touristy she's super excited to be there she asks this person to get out of the way because she's trying to take a photo and obviously it's Will Kemp, right? And, and he mocks her, kind of. She's an American tourist. What, what, what can I say? So it, it was okay for me. How about you? Yeah, it was just okay. I think what, what I want to nitpick about the meet cute is that, okay, let me preface this by saying, like, I am rooting for Lacey Chabert to give me a movie wherein I'm like, I am rooting for you, girl. Because, again, I like her in crossword mysteries. So, clearly I've watched too many mysteries now. What I'm trying to say is that, not necessarily just her, but the thing she was trying to say to him in the local dialect versus what she ended up saying to him. So, she, I think she wanted to say, like, hey, get out of the way, I don't speak, like, I'm a tourist or something. Something really random ended up being, like... I love you or something like that. Like, what? <laughs> and when you hear the two phrases next to each other, which they will say later on in the movie, they, they sound nothing alike. Like, nothing alike. Dude, you couldn't even, like, find something in, is it Flemish that the Belgians speak? I don't know. Just, like, I was, no. Like, no. I know we're in the Hallmark universe, but even this basic fact-checking of the language was just, like, subpar. No. She's a smart girl. <laughs> You know, she's like a New York City girl. She should know her stuff. She should know what uh, I love you is. Yeah. I found that strange. But that was just, that's just me being nitpicky. Sorry, Lacey. <laughs> There's a lot of nitpicks there in is. this movie. And, and I'm afraid it's because of her character. But but you've been. You, you've been to <laughs> Bruges, right? I have. I have been to Bruges. I went there last year. Okay. So You want to tell them why you I went? I feel like... Why did I go? My cousin lives in Belgium. Oh. So I was on a Euro trip. Nice. We had we had come from Scotland nice. and I was doing like a round of cities. And I met my cousin in Belgium and she said, let's go to Bruges. So you want, And yeah. I had seen oh, this movie go. before going to Bruges and I told my cousin on the bus going to Bruges, I, I watched this Hallmark <laughs> movie. I'm so excited. Apparently she had seen the movie too. So, well, yeah, the one thing 
I mean, bringing up the city, yeah. the use of the city, it's inaccurate because Brew is just like packed with people. Oh, really? And I guess they got a lot of permits because, you know, there weren't a lot of people like moving down the down the street. It's really but packed. Did, and for Valentine's yeah. Day, come on. Did you see any like actual places that were real in the movie? Absolutely. Okay, so they, they actually like, really, really... They're, they're watching the swans oh, nice. over a bridge. Nice. The swans are there and they're part of the history of the city. Oh. Everything is authentic i must say and the the chocolate chops are exactly what the the movie shows oh that's so, amazing good job hallmark good for job. You know, making use of that budget yeah because i think that is the highest score i gave this movie the use of the city i've never been to bruges i've never been to belgium i was supposed to go this year and clearly i didn't get to go so this movie just made me wish i got to go and the chocolate i was i was eating a horrible like not horrible just like a basic hershey's bar as i uh watch this movie and wish I could have had more. So, yeah. Yeah, you. that should come as a warning. You need, yeah, to, you need to have, like, stash. Yep. You have a stash but yeah, before that's my... watching it because, like, you're gonna want to eat. That's my highest um, rating for it because they, they use the city quite well. Even the interiors, like the hotel, the inn, yeah? the hotel, whatever. Yeah, they, they were all beautiful. Oh, okay. At least at least points for accuracy and use of city. Good job. Good job, Hallmark. You, you did mm-hmm. something well with this movie. <laughs> something. Something, something. <laughs> Moving on to the conflict that ensued in this movie. So he's he's fighting for his shop to survive and to join and in, in to, to, to beat the other chocolate makers in the contest. I just think like I couldn't even concentrate on the conflict itself because I just felt that like a contest creating chocolate inspired by valentine's day is stupid and i don't think <laughs> people in in bruges you know i don't think they'd be up to the challenge <laughs> i don't think it, it sounds like a very american slash canadian thing to do that and it's like they su- superimposed their love for all these little small town events <laughs> into this like european city and it does not work for me. I can't take it seriously. I, no, I, I, I did not take it seriously. Like, the fact that they had to insert the royal couple into it, that they would be the judge and it would be, like, the, the official chocolate of their love or whatever. I was just like, guys, there was so much going on. There was, there was the contest. There was the rival guy who, I have to say, was actually not a bad rival guy. I think he was one of the best rival guys. I think he's actually the best rival guy we've seen. I can't, I'm trying to think top of mind of other rival guys. And yeah, just to give you a description of rival guy, Chingai, do you have a, a description? I forgot. I, I, you did? Because I, I wrote it down. It's a poor man's who? I wrote who, it down. It's it? Vincent Cassell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> European. <laughs> yeah. And guys, you, you should check him out. So like, basically, there was too much going on in terms of conflict that I just couldn't take anything seriously. Sorry. You could have kept it simple, Hallmark. No. You could have kept it you simple. You could have let Bruges beauty. Ruin a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. On to the almost kiss. I, I actually liked their almost kiss. I mean, it was very, like, cliche. The two of them were working together in the kitchen, tempering chocolate. Mm, and, you and their know, love. It's like they're fl- flirting. Oh, what's a smidge? How much is a smidge? It's not precise. And she's teaching him. I cannot, I, okay, suspension of disbelief again. Like, she, she's baking cupcakes, and he's like the sophisticated chocolatier and taking, I don't know, taking tips from her. From her. I, I don't buy it, but, but the flirtation was all right. Yeah. It wasn't the best, but it was passable, and compared to the conflict that they were wanting us to believe in, I think 
the flirtation was more believable than the conflict. No, for sure. For sure, the flirtation was there. I think, like, there was one... They had a lot of almost kisses, actually, in this movie. The one when they were in the cafe, I think, after, like, something happened, and they get interrupted by someone walking in, because that's always a thing. Like, I thought that was kind of cute. I felt like they had a missed opportunity when they went on that date night. Well, not really a date night. They went out at night, nice rouge in the background, and they they didn't take advantage of it. So I felt like, okay, missed opportunity where they could have, you know, snuck one in. But it's okay. It was not bad. Not bad. Okay, chemistry-wise. Uh. I, I, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. I want, I want to like Lacey's movies. And I want to like her. And I want to like her falling in love with someone. But there's just something. There's, something. there's just something about her. I'm sorry that, that I, I, I don't buy. And, and the thing is, I like Will Kemp. Yep. I, I really like him. I like his accent. Yes. I like how he's dressed here. I like him making chocolate. Everything's delicious. Except I just did not feel the love. Ken, I'm, I'm really sorry, Lacey. I really, really want to like you. And you know what? I've watched most of her movies because she has a lot of them. And I'm, I will watch anything. But, like, I really felt like it was a missed opportunity. I don't know who else I would have cast in this. Could it be Julie Gonzalo? I don't know. We've suddenly started to love her. Uh, or anyone. Anyone else. And it was such a waste of Will Kemp. Because, like, like you mentioned, he looks great in this movie. Like, he doesn't photograph well, but on video. Like, the promotional shots was a bit, like, on the fence. But when you see him in action, like, in the kitchen... Wearing his apron. Wearing the apron. And apparently, he really learned, yeah. like, all these things so that it would look realistic. Like, he brought it. Uh, she was just a bit vanilla for me, so sorry. It says a lot when you put you put two people in, like, a really romantic city, like, like Rouge, and you just don't and feel it. And we just don't feel it. So... <laughs> Oh, no. Did they not do a screen test for this? I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm sad. And I think, like, there are other movies that we will discuss where the lead characters or the lead women aren't necessarily the biggest Hallmark stars, and yet they evoke more from us. But anyway, we're preempting ourselves. So overall, how'd you find this movie? Below average. Yeah, no, my... I fell in love with the chocolate more than them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the chocolate and the city, they were the stars of the show. So... No go for me. How about you? So for me, because this is my second watching, I feel like I liked it better this time around because I think I had grown to like Will Kemp more. I didn't like him the first time around and I didn't like her the first time around. So it was both meh for me. And then this time I'm like, okay, he's not bad. So I think it was a slightly, slightly better movie for me. Better this time around, my second viewing. It made me want chocolate. It made me want to visit Bruges. And I actually kind of wish that the innkeeper girl was the lead but anyway that's neither here yeah, nor there yeah you're right yeah. you're right her accent was bad though and we know she's not really a Belgian so guys learn from the other Hallmark movies that use local actors to get authentic European accents but yeah alright travel wise it does well but as a Hallmark movie no it does no matter. definitely <laughs> back so if you guys missed it hopefully you didn't because they were two very i guess interesting movies uh we're now moving on to our next three travel movies and we start off with rome in love are you guys ready for the plot line of this it stars italia ricci and peter porte and it revolves around an actress's dreams coming true when she lands the lead role in the remake of 
Roman Holiday. Manage expectations, Shooting for the stars. <laughs> Shoot for the stars. <laughs> Shoot for the stars, Hallmark. This will be our princess. The role of a lifetime brought her to the Eternal City. Go find me that actress. And a date with destiny. I'm here to help you introduce yourself to the world. This feels like I want some a lifetime chance. All right, Rome. okay. Where to begin with Rome in love? I, for one, had high hopes for this movie. I've never been to Rome. I've always wanted to go to Rome. This movie was not necessarily just to set the tone for this entire section. I was asked, I, I was hoping for more. I'll start with the meet cute and just say that the bellboy, so the, the lead guy, Peter Porte, he stars, uh, his character is this American journalist in Italy who moonlights as many things, one of which is a bellboy in the hotel where the actress, played by Italia Ricci, is staying and she's undercover because in this remake, they want to keep things undercover. Guys, it's a convoluted plot. Like that really two-phrase sentence does not even encompass the convolutedness of this movie and i'm not saying that's necessarily for the best so when they finally meet at the hotel where they smuggle her in and she's trying to fill up her tub and whatever shows like oh she's so cute like she's trying to be you know she's trying to be self-sufficient but actually she can't work the, the taps and yeah she's embarrassed blah 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 wasn't for me i did not feel any tinge of like, oh, I want to see more of them together based on this one interaction, which is what a meet-cute should be about. You, the meet-cute should establish that these two characters are so drawn to each other or there's like some irresistible pull that you want to see them in more. And nope, I did not feel that at all. Not much spark for me. Shanghai? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, that he makes a good Gregory Peck stand-in. He has the classic Hollywood... You know, swagger, I would say. He has the posture. He has the get-up. He has the speech down pat. But that did not help the meet cute. <laughs> I think they they wanted to pull in, like, 1950s hijinks slightly, you know, with, with her yeah, yeah. fooling around with the taps and him coming in and he's pretending to be Italian and he's not and all of that. But, like, I really did not give a, an F about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we have an explicit rating you can say fuck we did i didn't give a fuck honestly yeah i'm so sorry which leads me to more things i didn't really give a fuck about the conflict of this movie many there are many conflicts of this movie the unwritten conflict is that just so you guys know they shot this while italia ritchie was pregnant and i think that was the biggest conflict i get that her name is italia and this is a movie set in italy and it would have been perfect and to preface this i like italia ritchie i watched the entire designated survivor because i liked her oh my I god that was like her, her. <laughs> it, that's her she's designated survivor girl and let me just say hallmark holy shit i love that you're supportive of actresses that go through pregnancies and i'm all for it but it's just like wow it was so distracting you could tell in every scene that she was pregnant and i wish they just had written it in like just write it in that she's a pregnant like they've never had a pregnant they hallmark wouldn't do star. that so why why not like they wouldn't, but, like, it's so obvious. She always had, like, a bag in front of her. Like, it was just really poorly hidden. So that was the unwritten conflict for me that I couldn't get over. The actual conflict of the movie, though, is that 
uh, because they were trying to keep the star, the, the hidden star of this like new Roman holiday remake under wraps. It was whether she would write this the article about her or not, and like which she didn't want to divulge stuff to him because she wanted to protect her privacy. And I was just like, God, please keep quiet. I I I, I care. I care nothing about this conflict. I hope. Did you care more no. than I did? Maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> if I cared about it less, I could talk about it more. <laughs> I hated. I hated um, yeah, how like... whenever they wanted us to, they whenever they wanted to remind us that there was conflict, of which there are many, they put mm. in this mysterious cue <laughs> music, like you know. Like mystery music, <laughs> I hate it. I hated that. I hated it. Hallmark was way too ambitious. It's like okay, I mean, you know, acknowledge that Hallmark, you are Hallmark. Don't don't reach too far. Don't. You know what? Okay, I was there an almost kiss because uh, I just want to no, get over there like, was our criteria before I delve into like how this could be salvaged. No almost kiss, you're out. Cool chemistry. Honestly, for me, was there any? I wish there was. I couldn't feel it. Like, the moments of chemistry I felt was, like, when they tried to do the... You know how the manager of the hotel invited them to have dinner with his family? And then, of course, I love these. I love it when the Italians, like, invite people to, like, their family home because family is important and all that. And I felt like those were the scenes that could have had so much more, but they obviously fell flat for me. And I just couldn't... Missed opportunities. So many missed opportunities with this. Missed opportunity with, like, having the lead actor, like, couldn't the conflict have been the lead actor in this movie was actually quite charming too and she was falling for both of them. Like, they didn't show any of the shooting of the movie. They just kept showing, like, the build-up of, like, you know, dress fittings. And obviously the dress fitting went horribly for me because you could tell she was pregnant. <laughs> the the Vespa riding training, like, argh! like, so many moments where it could have gone better and they didn't. Chingai, do you have any notes on chemistry? Because I just want to treat myself. <laughs> All right, I, I actually wrote down a line, which I feel like could have okay. could have like sparked a lot of chemistry if they had paired different actors for this, or if they had shot it differently, <laughs> or if the story was completely different. I like when he said, "You're not a Meg, you're a Joe." <laughs> I liked too. it. That was a good one. But it just did not work. It did not work. I did, did not, not buy that Italia Ritchie was a drama kid growing up. She didn't yeah. seem like an a- act- actress, Nothing. you know, an actor. She no. did not. And I feel like if she were a drama kid, then maybe the chemistry would have been up. If she played that up. Maybe. She, if- yeah. I honestly didn't believe she was a drama kid, even in the beginning when, like, there was no established anything. Like, when she was doing her, like, her demo reel with her sister, or was that her sister? I don't even know. And all the backstory of her family, I was just like, there's too that much. sister. There's too much. Just, just the too- sister was a downer. The sister <laughs> dragged this whole movie this down, annoying. Too. We did not need her <laughs> and her angst. Nothing. I needed nothing from this movie. The one thing that could have saved it would be the use of the city. And honestly, they didn't really, like, they showed the Colosseum and they showed, like, Cobble Street and, like, fountains and stuff. But they could have done so much more. It's freaking Majority Italy. of this movie... Like, honestly, Majority guys. of this movie was done in the hotel. And, like, who cares? They could have <laughs> shot that in Las Vegas. I don't want to... I'm so sad. This really makes me sad because I, again, want to go to Rome. I want to go to Italy. And this movie just... There's so many movies that do Italy right. It doesn't even have to be Rome. Yeah. It can be like Tuscany. 
It can be Florence. It can be Venice. Like, <sighs> anyway, therefore, I rate this movie a very, very low, below average. Like, I almost flunked it. And I watched this once before, guys. I watched it when it first premiered. Upon my rewatch, I will be honest, I didn't even fucking finish it. I was just like, I can't. My roommate called me. She's like, you want wine? I'm like, yes, take wine me away. Wine is better so, than Roman love. I can't. I'm so sorry. Chingai. Yeah, this was a dud. Like, I, would ne- I would never inflict this Man. on anyone. So if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast, just like, skip it. Skip it. Don't watch it. Skip it. Save yourself uh, two what? hours of your life. One hour and a half if you watch it. Watch only you with Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei. Watch only. <gasps> exactly. Or exactly. the real Roman holiday. All right. <laughs> we move on from Rome and head to Ireland for our next movie. So we're talking about Forever in My Heart. Starring Jack Turner and Merritt Patterson. This movie is about Jenna and Charlie who found love in Ireland, but their dreams drove them apart. Five years later, they reunite, and Jenna has to decide where her heart belongs, back home or in the Emerald Isle. Ireland is calling. Guess where I'm headed. You're kidding. It's been years. Welcome home indeed. We have a new addition to the staff. How was it seeing Charlie again? Maybe it's fate. Where are we going? It's a little bit of an adventure. Being back here, I've felt something again. This is one of the Hallmark movies that starts with a flashback. So there, it was five years before, and she's working at the inn. And, you know, they're cute and young. <laughs> she's doing an internship, and he's, he's a musician. He wants to go on tour. And they're like, they're together together, so much so that I think he plans on proposing. But then that gets, gets cut short because she gets her internship and she leaves. And then so we jump five years later. And so I don't know if the meet cute counts or not because we start with a flashback and they already know each other. But in any case, I did write about how um, I did note that she went back to Ireland to do a pitch in, in Dublin for a hotel because she's working as a hotel here now. And she encounters him as she pays a visit to the old inn. And I really like them seeing each other again. Like, Hallmark does it a lot, but I feel like there was something there. I, I, like, I like the two of them. I, I think it also helps that I don't know these two actors very well. I, did, I haven't seen them in a lot of yeah. movies, so I just buy into it a little more versus somebody like Lacey, who I know is Lacey. <laughs> like, I can't shake the Lacey out of her. This one, I'm, I'm actually watching mm. the movie and, and not like, the actor yeah. no i agree i'm I'm personally not a fan of hallmark flashbacks because same with the sweetest heart and, and all that it's just that i i like it when it's fresh but we do have an entire subgenre, entire trope of like childhood sweethearts and they love the sepia flashback i have to give it though you're right these are not the most often used stars and so it was really refreshing particularly jack turner jack turner I would love to see in more stuff. He is adorable. He sold the entire country boy wanting dreaming big for me and like being the supportive boyfriend. Merritt Patterson, I unfortunately watched her on, I don't know if you watched the show, Royals on each channel. Oh. So our friend Mimi, our common friend Mimi, and I obsessed over the show and she played like the Kate Middleton oh. role, kind of. It's, Interesting. It was. <laughs> it kind of lacyed it up for me. You know, that's the kind of view she had in my brain. But she, she, she did way better for me in this movie. And they're they're re meeting when she comes back to the to the Emerald Isle to visit friends and visit 
all the people and seeing Jack again, Jack Turner again. It was quite cute. So yeah, not necessarily my favorite one, but definitely could could be better. Could be better. We move into the conflict, and I feel there there's a lot of Hallmark did not overdo it with the conflict in this one, and that's what makes yeah. me buy into it because I feel like everything mm-hmm. they're going through is worth our attention. Um, he didn't propose, and then she comes back, but she has a fiancé, and and then his dad is retiring, and, you know, they, there there's a lot of real-world problems here. I, I don't think people watch Hallmark movies to encounter real-world problems, <laughs> but I think but. They, they have something good going on in this movie, and they should probably follow yeah. it up more because it, it works. It really works. Yep. I agree. I'm calling back to how we discussed Love on the Menu last episode. This felt like the mature movie because it made sense. You know what I mean? Like it felt like it's real, like you said, real people problems. And it was very simple. Should she stay or should she go? We have one plot line. Yeah, they, they have the subplot lines of they're selling, they're buying, whatever. But it felt like it was all focused and connected rather than these disparate, like, you know, problems just for the sake of throwing a conflict in it. And I think what I liked especially is that she has a fiance, right? They actually solved resolved that issue quite early on and with like a really mature way of resolving it. The third party, her fiance, came over, clearly saw that there was something still feelings for her ex, Jack Turner. So they maturely discussed things and they were just like, yeah, cool. In the middle of the movie, which is so rare because then it kind of opened her up to being like, okay, now we don't have that conflict. Now the conflict is really on her deciding if she wanted to stay or if she wanted to, you know, go back to her real life. So I and really appreciate putting that, that in the middle of the movie gives you time to warm up to them and the possibility of them yeah. getting back together. It's not like a life or death, you know, broken engagement kind of thing. It, it's, it's more exactly. real life, I feel, except my issue here is with the ex because I don't think he's like a real life <laughs> kind of ex. He's just... I'm sorry whoever plays this guy, but like they really dressed him up, up to be like skeezy and like, yeah. big city finance, whatever money guy. And he uh. just, compared to Jack Turner, there was no contest. There was no contest. Absolutely no, no competition. Contest. And it, it's funny how someone who had Jack as her boyfriend would never go for some guy like this. She would never. <laughs> you would never. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's right. That's Going right. to the almost kiss, I, I feel like there wasn't any. There was like a slight hint when there was a blackout at the hotel. Yeah. Like there could have been one, but yeah. they could have pushed it farther. Yeah, no, that's what I wrote too. It's like, did they have one? Question mark. Uh, I really did feel a missed opportunity with the blackout. So the hotel experiences a blackout and they're all like lighting candles. Like, play that up, guys. Come on. Here, you are literally dangling the almost kiss in front of us and yet you don't push through. I do have justification for this, though. I think they were like... Okay. As mature people, I think they were being very... (laughs) I think they were being very respectful of each other and I respect that. (laughs) That's true respectable respectable again this movie is so respectable that i i don't really i have my feelings of anything aren't strong mm-hmm. which is good uh it just felt really I think this movie appeals yeah. to like the little house in the prairie girl in me because i really like wholesome things and and ireland <laughs> and one movie set in ireland that i really like a circle of friends it's an old movie. Yeah, oh, I read the book. Uh, I saw the movie. I think I was in high school when it came out. It's Chris O'Donnell and Minnie Driver. Colin okay. Colin Firth was the the bad guy in this movie, and that what? really um that made me like 
movie set in Ireland. And then, yeah. Ah. So I like I like the dreariness, the gray skies, the landscapes, the greens, and I, I liked the setting. It wasn't as breathtaking as yeah. we, as Bruges. We talked about that. I mean, obviously, it's a different place, yeah. but it still made me want to go. So I think that has that me has too. it going for for it. I, I've never been to Ireland either, and I've always wanted to go, but visas, mm-hmm. ugh, I, I can't bother. But it definitely, I think one of, that was one of the big plot lines, for, uh, big points for me is that I actually, Ireland looks amazing. I, I wish they'd featured it more. Not to the levels of like they did feature it Fiji style. Like this one, they had nice rolling hills. I feel like, is Leap Year with... Yeah, that's um, Ireland with, with Matthew Good. Yeah. It's Ireland, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I felt like, and, and I, I just recently read all the Sally Rooney books. So those are also Ireland. And so I feel like I'm in this Ireland vibe. And they definitely, like, I, I like their use of, like, the pubs, right. like, their small, the small town vibe to it. It, it would have been, like, the perfect... Ireland is, like, the hallmark, you know, small town thing mm-hmm. in Europe, which I think is perfect. And I wish they had done more. I feel it's authentic. It. Yeah, I can't It complain. feels authentic, too. I know a lot yeah. of people who enjoy the crisps, potato chips from there. So yeah. they feed that, oh. that was, like, a feature in the movie. So I feel like there's a lot of authenticity. Okay in it well i think the actors were also some of them were european at the very least because their accents were mm-hmm. on point and i appreciated that i, I also appreciated that. the uh, other guy the friend <laughs> yes the friend the friend and the friend who got yes. together right so the first time i watched the first yeah, time i watched cute. this movie i was just i was focused on him like i the, the whole movie just <laughs> went by and i was just thinking about the best friend so it did merit a second watch hey. because then at least i appreciated the whole the thing as a whole although i would still say that the best friend needs to show up in other movies <laughs> yeah again guys hallmark Appeal, appeal to cast these guys because they have potential. Chemistry. Uh, chemistry? I think that they yeah. look great together. And I think that the as an ensemble, it works well. There's The chemistry yeah. isn't just between the two leads. Yeah. It's, it's among everybody in this movie. That's true. Even like the, the dad of Jack and like the old lover or whatever. Like I felt like all of it felt... Like, I was interested in their stories. I was interested in seeing them. So usually, like, all the other characters in Hallmark movies, when the chemistry between the two leads is so strong, that I'm just like, I don't care about anyone else. Let me focus on the two leads. But this one, I felt like everyone had a time mm-hmm. to shine. And also Jack Jack and Merritt. Like, I think good job to them because it was an understate that, again, a more mature kind of love. And maybe it's because they were playing the the long game here. It wasn't, like their first time together they had been together for a long time because of the childhood sweethearts thing so definitely yeah. overall, overall this rates above average for me i think it is the perfect movie to warm the cockles of my heart <laughs> i love it i love it i would watch it again i put it like slightly above average not necessarily like I think I was expecting, I was hoping for more, but like relative to everything else we've seen honestly like I can't complain. I cannot complain. Which leads us to... And now we're at our final movie. Let me introduce you guys to one of the, I think, newer movies of Hallmark, actually. One of their newer travel movies. It's called Love on Iceland. Not the best title, I'm telling you. But don't let that title fool you. Because Love on Iceland stars Caitlin Doubleday and Colin Donnell. Two stars that aren't necessarily 
always the leads. And the plotline goes like this. Seeking inspiration for work, Chloe, played by Caitlin Doubleday, gathers her tra- college travel group back together for a trip to Iceland. When her ex, played by Colin Donnell, shows up, uninvited sparks fly. We're going to Iceland. We're going to Iceland? Yeah. Hi, Charlie. What are you doing here? Follow the Northern Lights. Maybe this will be the start of your very own epic tale of love. (laughs) Where to next? Let's figure it out. Love on Iceland. I have to say, we saved the best for last because... I watched this movie once before when it first came out. And I was like, oh, not bad. And then I watched it again with the lens of us doing this podcast. And I was like, hell yes. I don't know if it's again because it's relative to all the horrible movies <laughs> you've watched. But I felt like the meet cute. So I'll start with the meet cute. The reveal that he showed up during the trip, I felt for her. I can't imagine going on a holiday with my friends and a guy that I liked and for... I haven't really, but for her specifically, I guess she used to date. Shows up. Ah, I feel for her. That reveal, the look on her face when she sees him and she's like, what the fuck? I felt for her. I like Just it. hearing you talk about this makes you me think? smile. Smile so hard. <laughs> <laughs> because this meet cute was excellent and I feel surpasses the hallmark yeah. range. She did it really well. I bought into her surprise and all the awkwardness that ensued. I like how there was so much tension between the two of them against the entire gang of friends who were, you know, having a good time. And then suddenly there's this tension. I like how that offsets. Given the cute meet cute, what I like about this movie as well in terms of conflict is that it was also very simple. They made Iceland speak for itself. Let me just bring up Iceland right now. The use of the place. I've never been to Iceland. I've always wanted to go. And this movie, like, ticked all the boxes for me. This was the best use of place. Every shot was in your face. We're in Iceland. They took advantage of it. I was screenshotting so many scenes because they were framed so beautifully within like everything. And it really took me away. I was seated in the heat of Singapore with like 36 degrees, feels like 44 or something. And I honestly was knitting a sweater, like knitting while doing this because I felt like so warm and fuzzy. Same. I, I, did, a, I did screenshots too. So they, I would have never expected a Wes Anderson looking scene in a Hallmark movie. But Iceland did it. I, I don't think it was um, on purpose like <laughs> from the production design or whatever. But Iceland just framed everything, the story, so perfectly. There's this scene with like a walkway and a lighthouse. This yellow lighthouse with a mm-hmm. backdrop. It yep. was beautiful and I mean, I, I, I want to go to Iceland after watching this. This could very well be like a travel. Like they, they could use this to sell this to sell Iceland. I would definitely yep. go. Romance in Iceland. I think what helped too is that, number one, the aesthetics were amazing. There are a lot of winter movies. We have an entire season called Winterfest, which is just this winter movies on Hallmark. But this one was my favorite there because even their outfits look nice. Like it looked like real people going on vacation and not like really weird ass stuff but also the fact that they used local actors they used local icelandic actors so the accents were perfect i'm so the tour guide the tour guide that they had who also had like a side story with the friend and we'll reveal something about that later i i approve it of it so much that 
even their conflict for me, the conflict was very basic. It was just that Colin Donald's character is a travel photographer. And clearly he's always on assignment, jumping on to the next adventure. And the basic conflict was that would he then choose to chase more adventures or, you know, stay with her? And I love work-related conflicts because obviously we're all working and it just felt legit. Adding to that, work-related conflict, I love that she works on podcasts. (laughs) Yes! She's a producer. I think this is the bias towards it. Yeah, she's a podcast producer, which makes it a really modern she job. Wanted, she, she felt so strongly about, you know, this concept that she had for a show that, you know, she wanted to host it and she, she needed to sell it to her boss. It just felt so now. Maybe a few years from now, <laughs> it's not gonna, it's gonna date this movie, perhaps, but it works right now. That's what's important. It works right now. And let's be real, Hallmark dates its movies in so many ways, so... You know what? If it's a podcast one, I'm biased. I liked it. And yeah, conflict-wise, any other thoughts? It's perfect. Yeah, I love it. Okay, which leads us to their almost kiss. I rated this quite high. I don't know if I was just like on the high of Iceland, but they had a lot. They had a lot. I listed it. They had the slippery cave. They were caving, and then she slips, and like, whoop! And then they stop, of course. They had the dancing. Oh my gosh. So they go to this like bar cafe pub i don't know and no one's dancing but then people as you will realize throughout our many episodes hopefully to come i'm a sucker for when they dance i said this in season of love dancing for me like i I feel like it's such a lost art form i go to i've been to 10 million weddings and i don't like people dance in groups but no one slow dances the way they do in the movies and i am a sucker for it so they had a dancing scene here where he tells her let's dance and she's like no i don't want to dance someone's dancing and yet they do it they dance on the dance floor and and almost there and then my favorite part here is that they actually did a real kiss with 13 minutes left Mm -hmm. in the movie and that is rare for hallmark too so like i i rated this so high like yes yes to giving me what i want in all counts did you the the dancing (laughs) she's she's built up as a really uptight you know uh, schedule this kind of woman and when when that just goes away because her ex asks her to dance that that's really lovely Um, i also love the part where um they're sharing were they sharing headphones i think they were sharing they were on the couch and this is like super simple there's barely an almost kiss, but he puts his arm around her like it's an old habit. It's like, it's just like, it, it's muscle memory, and I love that part. So it's really the little things, you know, it's when they keep it simple and when they use all these subtle cues that they do really, really well. I think I sent you a gif yeah. of that because I, I love that scene. I was just like, what? He put this arm around her? Like, it's so subtle. And, and I really, really liked it. Which leads me to, I guess, just saying, as you guys can tell, I really liked this movie. It was really, really good. It was even better this time around. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that was nice. But, like, nothing, like, for me. But in in retrospect now, with all the other movies on travel, this really made me, like, confirmed I want to go to Iceland. I want to go with some friends because, obviously, it's going to be some fun. It was not a pairing that I would have thought. I've seen Colin Donnell in like from Arrow and interesting factoid if you guys decide to watch this movie he's actually married to the best friend (laughs) in the show which disturbed me when I found out but it didn't deter me from enjoying the movie so it was that the chemistry was quite good I I really appreciate it it made me want to go to Iceland it made me want to fall in love with a travel photographer 
and go to Iceland with a travel photographer. <laughs> so, yes, this movie did it for me. I just like to add, you don't just fall in love, much like forever in my heart, you don't just fall in love with a couple, the main, the headliners. You fall in love with their friends also. And the hosts. and the, You fall in yeah. love with everyone. You fall in love with this whole thing. It's a good one. Ensemble cast. It's a good, it's a good cast. So yeah, more more snaps for snaps for Love in Iceland, the surprise winner of this of this episode because really I didn't know where we were going when we listed these movies. I'm like, whoo, what is gonna happen? But it was a it was a really good surprise. So yeah, congrats. And we hope you guys tell us tweet us your thoughts at make it hallmark on Twitter. We'd love to hear if you watched any of these movies and which fa- which your favorites were. And if you do end up watching Love on Iceland, let us know because we need people to squee with. All right, Chingai, thanks for that. When we're back, Mary Kill. Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. For our end segment for our podcast, we're doing a classic Mary Kill, even though no one gets fucked <laughs> or no one gets killed <laughs> in a Hallmark movie. They always get married. Okay, so travel edition. Fuck Mary Kill. Who's your fuck? So are we fucking the, the location or the guy? The guy, right? The guy. The guy in the, the guy. location. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Contrary to all the hate I spewed at this movie, I would choose Will Kemp's character in Love, Romance, and Chocolate. Nice! <laughs> Just because I feel like there's the chocolate, there's the accent, and there was Belgium. Like, yes, I would definitely visit Belgium, fuck Will Kemp, and have some chocolates. Yes. Say bye. <laughs> it was yours. Okay. <laughs> Accents are my number one thing on the fuck yeah. scale. So I, I don't know if this is like in the rules, but I, I give a tie to Belgium and Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Turner, yeah. I was Jack Turner was also a close second. He was so adorable, but I kinda like I felt like I would just break his heart. What? <laughs> I he's not like the fiery summer villa yeah. kind of guy like we talked about in the yeah. last episode. Yeah. But I just I'm sold on the accents. So sue me. <laughs> no, no suing. All right. There is no suing. Mary, who are you okay. marrying? <laughs> <laughs> so I really am biased. I really love Chris Palaha. And I feel like he's a guy you could settle down with. Clearly has three kids in real life. And like a wife he's been married to forever. And so I would marry him in Fiji so we'd have a beach wedding. Okay. In the real Fiji. Not the Fiji in the movie. <laughs> because obviously they didn't show it properly. But I would marry his writer character who just likes staying home. On the beaches of Fiji. I, I would marry Iceland. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I did say that it, the, this whole movie made me want to be with a travel photographer. Like, we would go on trips. I mean, oh. honestly, in a parallel universe, if, if travel were possible right now, that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to be able to, you know, have someone take nice pictures and, you know, yeah, go around. Let's go to kill. I'm just... Oh, I think it's no surprise. <laughs> I'm killing Rome. <laughs> I would kill... Yeah, Rome, guys. Sorry. And I like Peter Porte. I really like Peter Porte. He's very handsome. Very handsome. Tall, dark, handsome kind of guy. Like, wasted opportunity. Nice forearms. His character was so flat. Yeah, nice, nice, for great forearms. But wasted opportunity. So, nope. Sorry. Story-wise, like, I'd want to kill someone who lied to me all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... Story-wise, I want to kill the writers of this movie. So, Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Roman love. I was not in love at all. Roman love wins worst. Worst at everything. Yeah, worst. 
at everything. I'm so sorry. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, our second episode. And we're, we're just starting out, so we'd really love to hear from you guys. So you can tweet at us at Make It Hallmark on Twitter. And we'd love to hear any suggestions you have for future movies. We, we have an entire Excel sheet of different themes and tropes. So if you do have tropes you want us to consider and movies that fall under it, we're all ears. Thanks, Shanghai. And if Hallmark does have a lot of travel movies, and we only covered five here, so if you do have suggestions about which places we can virtually visit via Hallmark Channel, let us know and tweet at us. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and we hope to see you guys next time. Let's keep watching Hallmark, and hopefully they take us away. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.